Hello, and welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast, the weekly podcast for moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode number 66. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. I am so happy that you are tuning in today, and I just want to first say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for letting me know that these episodes are helping you. I really do appreciate it, and I see all of the messages and the reviews, and I am so, so grateful. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, if you are listening to this podcast for the very first time, you are in for a treat. Today, I have Anne, who is going to be talking to us about home management. Now, initially, when I first started talking to her about topics for the podcast, one of the things that I brought up to her was that as moms who are dealing with overwhelm, many times the problem is losing their cool or their temper. And I know I was in that camp for a little while. And so I asked her, you know, like, what is it? Like, is there something else going on? And she helped me see that a lot of the times we have these tempers and we lash out on our kids and our significant others. And it's not because we don't know how to discipline. We our pushovers, which may be a little bit to do with it, but the biggest problem is we don't have a home management system. So Anne talks to us all about how to get started with a home management system in this episode. But before we jump into the episode and listen to everything that she has to share, let's jump into our my favorite portion of the podcast, which is the mommy wins. This is when I take time to celebrate with you and hear what's going on in your week. So let's tune in to this listener's win. Hello, my name is Jasmine and I am the writer behind the Finding Your Spark blog. One of my most recent wins would have to be just simply finding the spark to write again. Being a mom is a task of itself and it can often be very challenging to work on passion projects, but I'm very thankful I've had this breakthrough and I am really ready to keep going. Well, Jasmine, I think that is so awesome. I totally know what it feels like to lose the spark. So it is awesome to hear that you have found your spark again. Now, if you are listening and want to know how to get featured as a mommy on this mommy one section, all you have to do is go to Instagram and follow me there at Real Happy Mom. Then go over to the DMs and send me a message there and just say, hey, after that, I want you to press and hold that microphone button down on the lower right-hand side, and I want you to tell me your name, your IG handle, your win, and how we can connect with you. I want to celebrate with you and highlight your win, so make sure you connect with me because I want to share it. Now that we have that out of the way, let's jump into this episode. All right, so we have Anne today on the podcast, and I am excited. <laughs> so welcome to the podcast, Anne. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yes. So Anne is going to be helping us out and talking to us about home management, but I know I read your intro in the beginning. I just wanted you to tell us something interesting about yourself or something that a lot of people don't know before we get started. 
Ooh, okay. Something that a lot of people don't know about me, unless you've really been following me for realsies, is probably that I just got back to the United States after living in Spain for two years with my family. So oh, nice. That's a whole just, other podcast topic. I know, right? I was just in Spain this summer. That is too funny. <laughs> oh, that's great. Where were you in Spain? I was in Rota doing my two weeks with the Navy. Oh, wow. Okay. I was in a little town called Amaria that's like near, near Granada or Malaga. Those are the two cities that people would have ever heard of where we were. Okay. Well, welcome back. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) It's nice to be able to know how to order food in a restaurant without having to twist my brain in knots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like that. Speaking English. I'm still not fluent in Spanish. I wish I were, but definitely not fluent oh you should have seen me i know like probably like five words and you should see me trying to get gas it was terrible so you can't you're probably way better than me so it's okay i definitely can speak more than five words but i'm just i'm so jealous watching my kids just like and i'm like what the freak i have like four years of high school spanish then i took like classes every day with the spanish teacher the whole two years i was there yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I still sounded like a demented robot. <laughs> no worries, no worries. But I am so glad to get to talk to you and not just about Spain and all that. No. But I wanted to <laughs> chat with you just a little bit about home management. But before we jumped into that, I just wanted to kind of hear your backstory on how you even got to this place where you started coaching and helping moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I first started my, well, actually before I even had a birth practice, I was an engineer, believe it or not. Oh, nice. I know. And then I had my second kid and looked at the cost of daycare and I was like, I like my job, but not enough to do it for free. So forget that. And um, my experience, my own personal experience having babies and, and everything really made me super passionate about it. So I became a birth doula. I was a lot more accommodating of life with little kids and I could kind of be in charge of my own time and everything and do something I was really passionate about. And so I was a birth doula and a childbirth educator only for um, probably like eight years. And then, um, you know, just kind of as my kids grew, as my practice grew, as my clients' kids grew, I got more and more questions from my clients um, and from myself about how to raise my kids and come to terms with just all the pressures of motherhood and, you know, the combination of trying to get great behavior from my kids, plus have a good relationship with them, plus feel like I didn't want to jump off a bridge, (laughs) Um, you know, just sort of led me to discovering love and logic, which is a parenting modality that I don't teach strict love and logic, but it's a big foundational piece of what I teach when it comes to discipline and stuff like that. So I started weaving in parent work to my practice. And now it's actually the bulk of what I do, believe it or not. I hardly ever go to births anymore. Mm -hmm. I spend most of my time helping moms after their kids come into the world, just find balance, get their families to work properly, find life outside of motherhood again, and feel connected to themselves as women and people outside of motherhood and get their kids to behave, (laughs) all that fun stuff. So that's what I do most of my, spend most of my time on now. Awesome. Awesome. Now, before we got on, we had talked and one thing that we talked about is how a lot of your mommy clients are wanting to do better with controlling their temper. Mm-hmm. But the problem isn't that they're having issues with their temper. There's other underlying issues going on. So I wanted to talk about some of those things that could cause moms to have a temper 
Yeah. So most of my clients, when they first come to me, they're either calling me because they reached their breaking point of like, I'm screaming at my kids all the time. And I know that I don't want to be doing that, but I don't know what to do instead. I don't know how to get my kids to behave or they, so I actually have a couple clients right now who come to, came to me cause they feel like they're big pushovers and they needed mm -hmm. me to like help give them a backbone or that's what they thought. But all of that stuff, the way that we react to our children's behavior and the way that we show up with our kids, it really comes from a deeper place, which is just our own emotional state, our own balance, the way we see ourselves. And that extends much further than just motherhood. I mean, I think that motherhood is so intense that that's this kind of platform where our biggest areas that we need to work on just come out. But those areas are there regardless of whether we're even moms or not. So most of my clients, as we talk more and more about, okay, well, why did you yell at your kid? Why was it so upsetting, the thing that your child did? Oh, because I've been repeating myself all day long. Maybe I'm frustrated that way. Or maybe it's because I feel ignored. Maybe it's because I was angry about something else. Maybe it's because I'm just so freaking sick of the life that I'm living right now, mm -hmm. you know, and we realize like, okay, this problem is bigger than your kid throwing a temper tantrum and you losing your temper. This is problem is bigger than whatever it is that your kid did that set you off. Almost always the real reason why we're losing our temper on our kids has nothing to do with them at all. So, you know, a big part of what I do is emotional support and healing for my clients. It's not just, you know, this is how to respond instead, or here's a list of natural consequences, or, you know, here's some one-liners you can say to your child. That's great. That's that discipline piece. But unless our kind of heads and hearts are where they need to be, we can't execute the discipline piece properly. Yeah, I am totally with you on that one. And it was so many bunny trails I wanted to go on, but I know we have one topic, so I'm going <laughs> to stay, stay with it. Yes, yes, but um, and I know this goes along with the the main topic that we have because I'm finding even after talking to you the first time, mm -hmm. I was like really like sitting down and thinking, okay, what is setting me off? Why am I so upset? And then I did what you told me to, and I found out it's because I'm doing so much around the house that I'm starting to get kind of resentful, yes. starting to get really mm -hmm. irritated, and then that's when it's right. like Rah! at the kids. Absolutely. So that's like the big thing that I think a lot of moms are surprised when we first start working together. We, you might come to me because you want discipline and you don't realize that that's only a third really of what I do. I was trying to kind of think of my work as I have kind of three pillars and discipline is one of those pillars where we talk about all that stuff, like the natural consequences and all that. Then that emotional piece is the second pillar, but the pillar that we're going to talk about today, which I think is very neglected. And I don't think is even really seen as its own peace by many people as what I call home management, or sometimes I call it systems. It's really the nuts and bolts of how you run your family in your life. It can be anything from time management, delegating, making sure you're not the one who's doing all of the domestic duties. Hiring a cleaning lady can be part of your systems piece. Um, chores, rules. A lot of people think rules is discipline. Rules is not discipline. Parenting is not rules. Parenting is how you execute and enforce your rules. 
rules and chores and, and thing and boundaries and things like that, that's actually kind of a skeleton that we build our family's body around, if you will. And so for me, that's a systems piece. And we can talk about that in terms of like, what's your morning routine? What's your bedtime ritual? Um, you know, what are the chores in your house and what's the division of labor? What do you do versus what does your partner do? What is, versus what is somebody that you've brought in and decided to outsource this responsibility? What does that person do? you know, really managing your home. And I think so many of us moms, especially we take on so much for ourselves and that's not managing. That's just being a worker bee. So when you think about, if you thought, think about your home as like, um, a business or something like that. The manager is not the one scrubbing the toilets. The manager is not the one picking up and vacuuming and all that stuff. And sometimes that is our job, but it doesn't have to be. We have something so much bigger that is our mandate um, when we're the primary parent, which is running a family. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't have time to scrub a toilet right now. I'm running a freaking well-oiled machine here. Someone else can be scrubbing the toilets. And that's, that's how I've chose to manage my family. And especially because I have older children at this time, I have a little staff that I can <laughs> manage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but even before my kids were able to do those things, I never was satisfied or could feel like I was really, like our family was really running properly when I was the one doing everything. And so stepping into my role as the manager of my, my family and my home really changed everything for me. Because I think also, now we get back to the emotional piece, some of us have guilt or even like embarrassment about outsourcing some of the domestic stuff. Especially if you're mm -hmm. a stay-at-home mom, I have so many clients who think, uh, well, I'm staying at home. That means the domestic stuff is all my job. And so now if I hire somebody to clean or if I do a kid swap with someone so I'm not watching my kid 24-7, well, then I don't even really have a job now. Now I'm just shirking my responsibilities as the primary caregiver or this, you know, the, the kind of domestic manager. And so, and I had that too. My family, like my husband and I had the financial means to hire a cleaning lady years before I actually had the, you know, gumption to do it. And it was all because I felt ashamed that if I did do that, uh, I was really just being lazy or, or something like that. And it really wasn't until I had that mindset shift and decided to really step into my role as the manager of our family and home that I realized like a manager, it has bigger fish to fry than these little menial tasks. If it has to be me, I'm totally fine to do it, but I'm not going to take on a hundred percent of the load onto myself and then feel like a failure because I can't handle it all. Yeah. And I love how you keep describing yourself as the manager of the home. <laughs> I love it. And, I'm, and every time you say it, I'm like, okay, I'm the manager. I'm the manager. I don't have to do all of this stuff. I just need to make sure it gets all done. That's well, the right. thing. I mean, just imagine you went to a store and, you know, you needed to talk about some higher level issue, like the store was had a terrible policy or wasn't handicap accessible or something where you would normally say, let me speak to your manager. And the person you talked to was like, well, sorry, they can't talk to you right now they're you know cleaning a toilet and it's mm -hmm. like what's going on I was I really think it's the same thing for for us and obviously not everybody has the luxury of being able to afford hiring domestic help but that's not what I really mean what I really mean is like are you a team 
or are you just doing everything and you're basically an indentured servant to everybody in your family? Yeah. You know? And, and I was going to ask you about that too, because I know like take me for instance, who was doing everything (laughs) and not really allowing everyone else to contribute and help. Um, Delegation is a big problem I have. I'm working Mm -hmm. on that. But what would you say is the first step um, with home management? Well, when people start working with me, the first step in that whole like systems and home management department is creating a family routine because most of the time it's like pandemonium when, when, you know, especially when you have little toddlers and stuff like that. And most parents in my experience do want to feel like they're on top of things and they're not flying by the seat of their pants all the time. But sometimes it just takes somebody just sitting down and being like, you have 24 hours in a day. It is totally possible for us to get this stuff organized. Now let's just sit down and look at what you're doing here. And if it really does add up to more than 24 hours, you're doing too much. Mm -hmm. And the solution isn't sleep less or do multitask or, and, and, you know, once again, now we get into the parenting and emotional piece because multitasking is one of the biggest sources of moms losing their temper. If you think back to the last time you really just went crazy on your kid, I bet you, you were trying to do at least two other things at the same time that your kid Mm -hmm. was demanding your attention. And if you, in the moments when we really are one-to-one focused on our child, or even if you have multiple children, but you're only momming in that moment, you're only momming. You're not also making dinner, talking on the phone, answering an email and trying to fold laundry. You're just momming. We almost never lose our temper in those moments, even when our kids are acting in completely heinous ways, because we've decided like, this is what I'm doing right now. So little Johnny throws us a, you know, a temper tantrum and we are stoic and able to say like, Uh oh, that looks like you need a little time by yourself. That's too bad. Love you so much. See you when you're sweet, blah, blah, blah. Now, if that's happening while you're on the phone or you're holding a pot of boiling pasta or something like that, (laughs) forget it. So, you know, a big piece of what I do in the very beginning with home management is just look and make sure that you're not doing more than one thing at a time during your day. Let's look at what you need to get done during the day. And make sure that you have time to do it all. And if you don't, then we need to get into that whole delegation piece and just really, I call it a come to Jesus moment where it's like, okay, let me just tell you what's going on here. (laughs) You need either to clone yourself or face the reality that you have taken on way too much and you've bitten off more than you can chew. And it doesn't mean you're a failure and that you're not able to, you know, hack it as a mom. It means that you think your job as a mom is a lot more stuff than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now with these routines, I just want to back up on that one. So are there specific routines that you have or work with the moms on, on like morning, evening, or certain things that you have them work on in the beginning? Yeah. So my clients work with me for a period of six months or more. Okay. So in the first month, we really talk about like, what's the overarching routine for your family? Like how many hours of sleep? do you want a night? What is your bedtime? What is your wake up time? And that is a whole month creating this like overarching routine is a whole month. And that that's literally like a tutorial that I walk my clients through. And it's like, okay, this week, all you need to do is stick to your wake up time and your bedtime. Next week, we're going to compartmentalize like, what times are you going to be working and not momming? And what what are your momming times? Like literally dividing your time into like, 
being with my kids, not being with my kids. Um, And I don't care if you are a stay at home mom, you still need time away from your kids. You still need time when you're doing things that aren't about your children and and all that stuff, you know, and then week three is like, okay, where are our meal times going to go in there? And when are, you know, that kind of stuff. So that first whole month is about really the general, like, what is a day, a typical day in the life look like? Then, you know, month two and three, we say, okay, let's take a finer look at what's your bedtime routine? What's your morning routine? What's mealtime behavior look like? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, Because, you know, if I dumped this like, okay, transform your life, you know, this is what it's going to look like six months from Mm -hmm. now after we've been working together six months and then that, (laughs) you can't do it. You know, we're creating new skills and habits here. It's not just me teaching you, oh, when your child, you know, has a tantrum, you're going to say this next time. I can teach you that. It doesn't take you very long to learn that at all. But what we're really doing from that lesson, that's just the beginning. After that, it's let's create that into a habit. So by the end of those six months, this isn't like a thing that you're constantly reminding yourself to do. It's just who you are. And you don't have to think about it anymore. It's reflexive. You've already created this um, ritual response to these stressors in your life. That can only happen if you give yourself time and grace and we build incrementally and things like that. Hey there, I just wanted to take a second to just tell you thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And one thing that you could really do to really help me and to help get this message out is to rate and subscribe this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, All you have to do is go over to the rate and subscribe button, hit the five star button, and then you can just leave something really quick in that comment section. This helps me out tremendously. One, it lets me know that the information and the guests that I am getting on this podcast is helpful. And it also lets other moms know that this is an awesome podcast to listen to. So do me a favor right now, hit pause and go over and rate and subscribe this episode. I'm serious. Hit pause and rate and subscribe. This will help me out a ton. And I appreciate you so, so much for doing this for me. Now, if you're listening, you're like, hey, I'm not listening to this on iTunes or Apple podcast. You can help me out, too, by taking a screenshot of this episode that you're listening to and putting it in your stories on Instagram or on Facebook. This gets the message out to other moms so that we can all be real happy moms. So thank you so much for doing this for me i am going to get back into this week's episode got it got it now with home management it can cross over to our businesses and side hustles so i just wanted you to talk to us about what that could look like yeah actually a lot of my clients hire me for business coaching and parent coaching um and i used to run a group program that was for mom only for mompreneurs and those clients got business and parent coaching together and what those clients heard me say so many times by the end of our group program was whatever's affecting you in your personal life is also what's holding you back in your business mm. so Totally. A lot of my clients who have hired me to help them with their businesses as well, that kind of falls into the systems category. 
um, and the mindset. So I hear business owners all the time saying things like, oh, well, you know, I can only work X number of hours or I have to work when my kids are around or no one's going to hire me because my life's crazy or whatever, which are all just limiting beliefs. And so there's a lot of mindset work that has to happen there just to make it so that you can really stand in your own power and demand what you're worth and have high standards for yourself and all that stuff. And the same thing is probably happening with you with your kids. If that's you, what I'm saying resonates with you about like, you know, not really seeing your value or feeling squirrely around about asking for money or raising your prices and stuff like that. I bet you kind of have a hard time also sticking to consistent boundaries around your own self-respect and dignity when it comes to your family too. You know, the two things aren't that different. And when it comes to the, the management stuff with business, we spend a lot of time making sure that we, in that time management piece, that we're making sure that we have time for our business and that we are not parenting while we're working. And that also I wind up, going a little bit deeper with those clients on like, not just, okay, this is a block of time for your business, but like how much time are you spending on marketing? How much time are you spending on admin for your business? How much time are you spending as a practitioner? How much time are you spending on content creation? When is that going to happen? So that you're not just like, Oh my gosh, I have four hours to work. Go, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, it's Monday. I know exactly what I do at 9am on Mondays. I respond to all client emails, for example, or whatever. But my biggest focus in the beginning with all moms, but especially moms who are working on their business, is to make sure that they have time to work without their kids around. Gotcha. Now that seems to be a reoccurring theme that I'm hearing it. So <laughs> I'm taking it that you probably have heard moms, you know, saying like, oh no, I can't be away can't from little. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, can't afford it. Or, oh no, Timmy needs me. I have to stay with him all the time. Um, but right. that is so not the truth. It's, it's very personal. Like my job is never to try to tell a mom, like, this is the kind of mom you have to be. And if you any of the materials that people can find from me online, I'm constantly saying parenting on your own terms. So if you want to be 24-7 with your child, available for your child, that is phenomenal, you know, and good for you. Um, and if that's nourishing and fulfilling to you and you don't feel like you need anything in addition to that, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if you're also trying to grow a business at the same time that you're saying you want to be with your children 24 seven, what I would do in that situation with that client is have a much more emotional and nuanced conversation about, do you really want to be with your child 24 seven? If you also have this drive to build a business, there's obviously a part of you that wants something more than being with your child 24 seven. And Let's talk about why that feels like bad for you to admit maybe or what's holding you back from going for that. Is it that you actually do want to be with your child 24-7 or you feel like you're supposed to or that you owe it to your child or that they need it from you or all that stuff because those are two different things. The things that our children want and need from us aren't always the same things that we want and need for ourselves. And we often think, well, if I want or need something for myself that's different than what my child wants or needs, the solution is to just deny the things that I want or need. But the truth is that when you have an emotional or even biological need 
you can't just deny it. It won't go away. Deciding that you're not going to honor that need doesn't make it go away. And it will continue to come up for you and plague you until you give it the attention it demands and do something about it. It is true. Like the biggest objections I get to the conversation about you need time away from your child, whether you're working or not, is financial. I can't afford a babysitter. Then also, oftentimes there's some resentment between parents and between mom and, and partner. Like, oh, well, my partner won't support me to do that. I can't leave my kids with my partner, you know, et cetera. Sometimes there is, oftentimes there is a, a maybe guilt or I call it shooting all over yourself when um, you're, you just feel like you're not supposed to want that or it's not, it's not an option for you for some reason that's an emotional reason that you've created in your mind. And that doesn't mean that it's not a real reason. The things that we create in our minds are really the only real things to us. And so once we've decided in our heads, like X, Y, or Z is not an option for me, it may as well not be. It doesn't matter that from my perspective, I can see, oh, it's very clearly an option for you. Look, we can rearrange this or that. And you have people you could arrange a quick kid swap with. You have family in town that would love to help you. You know, you know I could give you a list of a hundred ways in which this is possible for you. But if you decided, if you've already decided that it's not you will never see that it is until we work on the whatever's the emotional block that's keeping you from realizing that whatever it is that you need or want is absolutely possible for you. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to just switch gears just a little bit because you mentioned it before about systems and routines and also delegation when it comes to home management. So we touched a little bit on um, some of the routines and delegation Mm -hmm. portion, but Mm -hmm. I wanted you to talk to us about um, certain systems that you found most common that are helpful for moms when it comes Mm -hmm. to managing our homes. So I think that delegation piece is huge. And so we really actually have a conversation of like, well, how much of the housework and domestic stuff do you actually want to do? Which can be a mind blowing question to a lot of women. Like I never really thought about if I wanted to do this or not, just has to get done. So I do it. But what if you could just decide for yourself how much of that you wanted to be taking on? Just rainbows and unicorns for a second. Imagine like how much would you want? How much of it do you really want to be in charge of? Most women are like, usually say something that's a lot less than what they're doing Mm -hmm. at the time. (laughs) So it's like, okay, great. So is that going to happen tomorrow? No way. But now we actually know where we're working, what we're working toward. Instead of working from this place of like, this is BS. I shouldn't have to do this. Why isn't anybody helping me? Nobody listens, you know that's just kind of this nebulous resentment place. That's not actually working towards a a goal together. Like, Oh, what I'd really love to do is spend one to two hours of my day on domestic responsibilities. And the things that I really can't stand doing are X, Y, and Z. And the things that I'm totally chill to do are A, B, and C. Okay, great. Now we've created like, you know, a picture of what we would love to get to together Let's see how we can do that. Let's see how we can offload the things that you really dislike. And let's look at what everybody else is doing in your family. And let's look at like how much time you actually have available to you. And let's look at how efficient you would be at doing the things that you do want to do if you weren't multitasking. 
Like how quickly would you get the laundry done if you had nobody else interrupting you, if you weren't constantly getting up from your folding to go and, you know, check something in the kitchen or separate your kids who are fighting each other or, you know, what I'm saying? Oh, yes. <laughs> so when you, when you really are not multitasking, I can get a ton of housework done in about 90 minutes. I can like clean my kitchen to sparkling, get at least one, if not two loads of laundry done, you know, do a rough like kind of once over on the house. You know, my house can go from looking like a pigsty to like a completely respectable domicile pretty quick (laughs) if I'm not doing other stuff at the same time. And, um, the same thing with my business. Like if I sit down and have like what, uh, business coaches love to call a power hour, mm-hmm. I can, where I like turn my phone off. I'm just like laser focused on the four things on my to-do list that I need to do for my business today in an hour or 90 minutes, I can move my business forward like crazy. Whereas if I had a kid sitting in my lap, like pulling my hair and poking me in the eye while I'm trying to do, sit at my computer you know, that's going to take me four hours. If people who like follow me on Facebook and stuff have probably heard me rant over and over and over again. (laughs) Quit multitasking. You're not faster this way. You're just doing a bunch of stuff that in a longer way, in a less with poorer quality. I usually use a lot of curse words when I say this, but (laughs) you know, and it's making you super frustrated because multitasking, like usually when moms are like, I'm so, you see posts in like Facebook groups, like, oh my gosh, how do you working moms do this? Like I'm, I'm so overwhelmed and frazzled and all of that stuff. The sensation of overwhelm and frazzlement is so tied to multitasking. It's bonkers. When, when you're multitasking, you just constantly have the sensation that there's some emergency just right outside your peripheral vision that you need to be paying attention to. So we just constantly have this state of red alert that we're in when we're multitasking. Even if the two things we're multitasking are, you know, making dinner and helping our kid with their homework, neither of which are emergencies, but they feel like they are when you're doing them at the same time. So, you know, getting, getting parents to quit multitasking, it's, I know I'm, I'm like swimming upstream (laughs) with that one, but when I actually do, like when my clients actually do, like I'll try, I'll challenge them, like just do like one day, like 24 hours of no multitasking. You don't have to change anything on your to-do list. You don't have to change the amount of stuff you're doing. Just only do one thing at a time and see how you feel at the end of the day. It's night and day. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you on that one because I remember my boss came in and he was telling me about how every time you stop like what you're doing, it takes, I forgot what the numbers were. I'm going to give you a number. I think it's like 11 minutes to get back focused again and doing whatever it was you're doing. So he was saying like when I'm reviewing charts to tell my team, don't bother me for the next 20 minutes. I'm going to be specifically focusing on this because it's so easy to get distracted with people coming in and out, the phone's ringing. Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that's going on. But 
it's true. When you actually sit down and focus, you can get things done super duper fast. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the other thing I was going to tell you when you were talking, it was, it was too funny. I was talking to another lady and we were talking about delegation. And one thing that I've been kind of big on is just like taking more responsibility of my time and saying, you know, like I know sometimes I waste my time doing things that aren't really important or mm-hmm. it seems busy, but it's really not that busy. And so I don't get a lot of things done that I would like to get done. So I was saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we all have the same 24 hours a day as Beyonce. And she added, but <laughs> we don't have, <laughs> but she says, but we don't have the same team as Beyonce. And I was like, point taken. Yeah, that's <laughs> and true. It is true. And when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, yeah, I don't have Beyonce's team. I don't have anyone cooking for me, cleaning for me, taking care of all of these things for me. So I can't get as much done as Beyonce does. I'm not saying that you got to do everything (laughs) as Beyonce does and you have to be all like, I woke up this way. I know, right? (laughs) I'm not saying I look like Beyonce while I'm shuffling around my house (laughs) or anything, but... And but the point really also is, yeah, she has a team. She has she a team, yes. Stuff by herself, you know. So instead of doing this like comparison shopping, I always call when like, well, I don't understand it. Other moms seem to be able to do, you know, this litany of stuff. What's the matter with me? And it's like they can't do it either. First of all, and second of all are you trying to be somebody else or are you just trying to be the best of you? The, the person of the version of you that's like happy and not miserable all the time. And if somebody else wants to prostrate themselves to, you know, the idol of, you know, for example, uh, constantly volunteering at their kid's school and hand making everything and cooking everything from scratch and all this stuff. And that brings them joy in this world. Fan freaking tastic. But if that's not you, it's not even the the question about whether or not you could do that is moot. Do you even want to do that? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, it's just like, why are you going chasing, chasing waterfalls? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Now, (laughs) you have been sharing a lot of great things with us, but I wanted you to give us your best tip for home management before we get ready to sign Mm. off here. Oh my gosh. You are really mining me right now. I know. I'm trying to give only, so far I've only been trying to give stuff that's really universally applicable. You know, the time management, the delegation, the quit multitasking, all of that stuff. Beyond that, it's so family specific. Like how Mm. old are your kids? What kind of chores are they doing? Are you single or are you in a partnership? If you're in a partnership, how much is your partner doing? You know, if you are single, but you're still co-parenting with your child's other parent, like how much is your co-parent doing? And, but, but underlying all of that stuff regardless of the age of your child or the dynamics of your family or whatever is I promise you there's an emotional reason, just like there's an emotional reason why we lose our temper on our kids. And just like there's, you know, a home management element into why we lose our temper on our kids, the systems piece, there's a huge emotional element as to why if you find yourself feeling totally marginalized, depleted, you're doing it all, there's a, a bigger reason than logistics for why you have put yourself in this place. And I am saying that you put yourself in this place. You know, 
look deeper. Is there some thing that you've um, internalized that that you have a, you equate doing it all with being a good mother? Is delegating something to somebody else a sign of failure on your part? Are you trying to prove to yourself that you're doing a good job? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you just have these crazy stories and definitions in our heads about how we are supposed to navigate motherhood. And so um, rarely do we sit down and just say, is this really working for me? You know, have you come into motherhood with the idea about what it is to be a good mom that's formulated on things your parents did that you don't want to do, things your parents did that you do want to do, and things that you saw other people doing, whether you read about it in a book, you saw it on TV, it looks like the other moms in your life are doing it, because none of those three things have anything to do with who you actually are. So if you take a step back and just think, who am I? What do I like? What lights me up? What do I believe? What are my values? And use that as the um, reference point for deciding how you want your, you know, home to run, your rules to be, your um, management and systems to look like. You are going to create a life for yourself that is so much more sustainable and nourishing and fulfilling and full of joy and all of those things. And that's really the glue of all three of those elements. Awesome. Thank you for that. Now, and where can we find you online if we want to learn more about you? Well, the best place, if you want to get started doing some of the stuff that we talked about today, uh, especially around like discipline and not losing your temper and, and not repeating yourself and stuff, the best place to get started with that is to get my free guide to getting kids to listen the first time you ask. And that is really easy to find. It's a bit.ly link. It's bit.ly slash mama guide. And that is just a great taste of the way that I approach discipline with my clients and how all of those other elements kind of weave together to make it possible for us to parent properly, quote unquote. And by properly, I mean properly for us. (laughs) Yes. And of course, you can find me anywhere on Facebook. I have an awesome Facebook group called Real Life Momming. And I would love everybody to join that group. It's a beautiful, safe space for everyone to just vent or ask questions. I do an Ask a Coach um, video every week. So you can ask me anything about parenting life. And yeah, and you can find me on my website, mommeexperience.com. M O M me me experience.com perfect and i will make sure to include all of those links in the show notes so and thank you so much for coming on and talking to us i really really appreciate it and i am looking forward to joining your facebook group to hear yeah, what you got girl. to say <laughs> i want to see you in there immediately <laughs> yes i am thank doing you. it thank you so <laughs> much it was really fun now that was awesome. I learned so much from Anne and I don't know if you could tell, but we could have went on and on and on for a while there. But Anne is so amazing and she has so much goodness to share. And I'm so, so glad that she was able to come on and share this with us. Now, you don't want to walk away and hear something good and not implement it. So try to find one thing that she shared today and implement it this week. That's my challenge to you. Find one thing and 
that Anne shared and implemented this week. If you want to take it a step further, share that with me on Instagram. Follow me at Real Happy Mom and let me know what that one thing that you've implemented this week. Next week, I have another awesome guest coming on, and I am super excited about all of these awesome moms that are coming on to share this wonderful goodness with us. So next week, we're going to have Dr. Omolara coming on and sharing us ways to be empowered. So you definitely want to make sure you stay tuned in for next week. And do me a favor. If you found this helpful, hit the rate and subscribe button. This helps me to know that the podcast episodes are helpful and it also lets other mommies know that this is a great podcast to listen to now that does it for this episode i will catch you next week with lots of love